What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And honest, let me rewind. Home ownership can kill your finances, can ruin your credit, can set you back in life. What's happening? No capping. We with A.O. About to get a play-oh. Pull up to the table. Let's go. You've probably heard that buying a home is a great investment. And let's be real, it is a great investment when it's done correctly, and not just done correctly, but when it's also done at the right time in the right season of your life. In fact, that those uh, those who owned rather than rented had a median net worth more than 80 times greater than the median net worth of renters. Let me say this one more time. Those who own a home, right? Their net worth is 80 times higher, right? Than the median renters. The average home price in America is $428,700 to be exact. And some of you may be wondering if now is a good time to buy. We're in the middle of a recession. Is now a great time to purchase? Well, today we're going to dive into how you can increase your net worth, your wealth through actual home ownership. And I'll share some tips for buying a home that's an asset and not a liability. But before we get into today's show, I definitely want to thank one of our partners, BetterHelp, for sponsoring today's show. See, BetterHelp understands uh, what we're going through right now in the midst of recession. They understand depression. They understand stress. They understand all of that. And I want to encourage you, yes, you, to go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash BetterHelp. That is anthonyoneal.com forward slash BetterHelp. And I really want you to sign up for therapy. I'm pushing mental health aggressively this year uh, because if we're going to build wealth, if we're going to eliminate debt, if we're going to be a home owner, you guys, we got to make sure that our mental is healthy. We got to make sure that our greatest asset is good. And BetterHelp is offering 10% off just extremely to my tribe and my tribe only. And I love BetterHelp so much that I actually gave this out to my team members and my staff. Tell them, hey, if you go once a month, the company will refund you because we're growing, we're building. And we got to make sure that our greatest asset is taken care of. So thank you, BetterHelp, for partnering with us. And I encourage you all to check them out. You can go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash BetterHelp. Or you can check out and click out the link. Click the link in today's show notes. Um, so listen, how do we, what should we do when it comes to home ownership? Here's number one. You see, when you own a home, the value of your home may appreciate, adding to your net worth in future 
resale value, okay? And so I wrote down a lot of notes on for today's show because I really wanna make sure that I, I really laid this out because I really wanna teach you all like during this time. I get it, we are in a recession, uh, we, we are scared, we see prices going up on homes, we see that the interest rate has gone up and you know what, the Federal Reserve may raise, may raise the interest here in the next couple of months due to the, due to the fact of inflation and we are somewhat in a recession. Uh, but for me, the reason why I'm not really shifting a lot of things that I've been teaching is because I understand and I acknowledge, watch this, I acknowledge where we are. But the problem that I have is I'm not going to allow the world to dictate, to dictate how I feel and how I move forward. And I'm not gonna teach that onto you. I'm not gonna teach fear onto you. I'm not gonna teach be scared onto you. No, what I'm gonna say is prepare. What I've always been saying, prepare. And once you are prepared, continue moving forward. Forward. And I believe that now is a great time, a great time to purchase a home if you have no debt, if you have, you know what I'm saying, a good solid savings account. And, and if you get into a home, I don't care if you get into a 15, 20, 30 year mortgage rate. I don't care if you put down 3.5%, 5%, 20%. I don't care what you do. Because one of the greatest things we can do in the minority culture, in the black uh, community, is we can be homeowners and own our home. That helps close the wealth gap. And so, when we own a home, the value of our home will appreciate, okay? And that adds to our net worth that closes the wealth gap a little bit, um, and it adds more value to our future selves. So appreciation, check this out. I know, I know you're probably thinking of some of y'all saying, well, exactly, what do you mean, appreciation, Anthony? You see, appreciation is when a home increases in value. Um, over the last three years, most homes have appreciated about 35 to 3.8% every single year which may not sound like a lot, but it is. So if the average home, let me do the math while I got you on the phone. If the average home right now is $428,700, times that, let's just go, let's go, let's go 3.8, times that 3.8%, that's $16,000, right? That you've just gained over one year. Goes up by 3.5 every year. Okay, so that's 16 on average. You can gain in equity 12 to $16,000 a year by just sitting in the home and you actually owning the home. There is something that's also called forced appreciation, which this is when you buy a home and it needs work and you go in there and you do the actual work. Now you force the value of the home to go up. Why? Because you went inside the home and you brought it up to par. You went in there and, and updated the cabinets. You updated, you know, the, the electricity um, in the home. You updated, you know, the wiring in the home. You put a new roof on a home. You put new floors down. You forced appreciation because you went in and you made the room much, not the room, the house much bigger and much better. This is what some people uh, uh, really call flipping homes, house flippers. They go in there, buy a home that's worth 100,000, they put $100,000 in it and they sell it for 300,000. I remember when I was living in Nashville, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, one of the um, homes that I, um, um, that I was looking at buying would have been a, fix, a, a fixer upper. And um, I was like, I don't know if I want the responsibility of doing it. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't get it. I'm gonna be honest with you. Actually, I bought uh, one of the newer homes right next to it. It was built brand new. Um, it was in the subdivision that uh, they're, they're gentrifying that neighborhood. And so I bought the brand new tall and skinny townhomes, like four stories with a uh, rooftop on it, right? And so right next to me was a home that they were selling for like $80,000. And I was like, what in the world? So uh, the lady ended up getting like 125 for it because, you know, the um, uh, because of COVID. Uh, so they bought it for like 125. Uh, they worked on it for about like six months. They put it on the market for a half a million dollars. They paid 125. I'm thinking they probably because they added a deck backstage. I mean, back backstage. They added a deck back in the backyard. Uh, they added a garage to the house. And they did a lot of work on the inside. So I'm thinking they put $200,000 into the home. 
bought it for 125, they're in it for 325 and sold it for a half a million. So they got their money back plus a hundred and something thousand dollars. I was like, that is brilliant. If you have the cash to do it, right? So however, it's important to know that while appreciation is almost guaranteed in the long term, it's not necessarily guaranteed short term. Now, listen, we did see people buying homes. I did. I remember during COVID, um, actually, it was 2019, uh, October of 2019, I purchased the, the tall and skinny, and then I sold it, uh, what, October of 2020, and that was before I moved up here to the DMV area. Um, and within a matter of one year, I made $100,000. Within a matter of one year, I purchased a home. Um, and because of COVID, because prices were going up, um, you know, I just I just followed the flow of the economy and I put my market, I put my home on the market for $100,000 more than what I bought it for less than a year before that. And it sold. Now, of course, I had to pay capital gains tax because I had it less than a year. And the capital gains tax just pretty much means that if you're not going from, if you're not selling your rental, uh, your investment property and put it into an investment property, then you got to pay the capital gains tax if you've made money on it for less than two years, as far as when you lived in it for less than two years. So I had to pay the capital gains tax. But still, after paying capital gains tax and my, my fees and stuff, man, I still walked away like $50,000. I was happy. What? Hello. Okay. And so, but again, I want to say this, that in today's economy, houses are not going down. Now, in some markets, they are, but history is showing us that houses are starting to go up maybe a little bit before they was just shooting up. Right now, they're, 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 they're winging up just a little, just a little, just a little, just a little, right? Uh, but they are also... Uh, flatlining to where if you if a house goes on the market for five hundred thousand, you don't have to bid. You don't have to put a bid in for six fifty. You may have to put a bid in for five ten. You may have to put a bid in for right at five hundred thousand. Uh, but again, we're seeing that the, the economy slow down, right? So home prices fluctuate based on a lot of different factors, uh, and and some of these factors we cannot always control, but um, they are slowing down. They are coming down. So listen, number two thing I really want to talk about here, right here, this is when you, when, when you own a home, number one is when you own a home, the value of your home may appreciate adding to your net worth and future resale value. Here's number two. There's some tips for us right now. Owning a home allows you to build equity versus paying rent, uh, where you don't gain ownership of any kind. Okay, now listen, let me say this up front. Let me say this up front. There's nothing wrong with renting at all. Absolutely nothing wrong with renting. I'm going to say it one more time. We have to stop shaming people for renting homes. Oh, man, you don't own. Oh, man, you're not getting equity. Listen, 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 listen. Like I said in the beginning of the show, home ownership is amazing when you are prepared for it and when you can afford it. Home ownership is horrible when you're not prepared for it. And honestly, let me rewind. Home ownership can kill your finances, can ruin your credit, can set you back in life if you're not prepared for it and you cannot afford it. Bottom line. So you got to assess where you are financially. And we're going to talk about this a bit later on in the show. You got to assess where you are financially to really understand where you are and what you can do, okay? So I want to start with saying this. There's nothing wrong with renting. For example, it's better than owning a home if you like to travel. If you're a traveling nurse, right, and you're you're bouncing between cities and cities and you're not there to properly take care of your home and you, you're really going up and down your income, no. It's good to actually rent something that you can get out of because if you're a traveling nurse and you're going from city to city to city to city, you're exploring the world. What if you actually want to live in a world, I mean, live in a city, but then now you got to go back home, fix up your house, and put on the market and wait and sell it, da, da, da. Now you can get out of it and move and buy somewhere where you really do. Here's another reason why it is good to actually rent when you just can't, you financially cannot afford it. 
You financially cannot afford it. Listen, listen, listen. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. How do you know if you can afford a house? Let me ask you this question. If you're paying rent right now, and let's say so, let's say it's fifteen hundred dollars. Well, rent is high right now. Let's say it's two thousand dollars a month. Let's say you're paying rent and you're paying rent at two thousand dollars a month. If something happened and you had to um, fork out an extra five hundred dollars, five hundred dollars that month, are you stressed out? Are you living paycheck to paycheck? Can you afford something to shift? Can you afford something to happen? If your honest answer was like, man, you're right, yo, my rent is two thousand, my rent is fifteen hundred, man, but some come up with a five hundred dollar bill, yeah, I can't, mm, yeah, that's that's gonna hurt, that's gonna hurt me. You're not ready to own a home. You are not ready to own a home. You are not. Let me tell you why. I'm sitting here recording with my team. My, my staff is in town uh, this week because all, all of us work from home. They work from their home too. And so my staff was in town uh, this week and my AC uh, went out. It went out and it was hot. I'm talking about it was 98 degrees outside. It was about 88, 90 degrees inside the house. And we all black up in this joint. So I'm talking about we sweating, bald heads, sweating, beers, sweating. It was hot, right? Um, and so what I'm telling you is when I called the AC guy to have him come to look at the AC, I was like, yo, can you come look at it? He was like, yeah, cool. I'm coming. He came, he found out that I had a R22 systems. If are y'all renting, y'all don't know what that is. I had a R22, um, AC unit with a furnace that was only pushing out about 80, 80 pounds of air. And he came in and he says, all right, man, yeah, you didn't have no power running to the system. So we found out where the power problem was. So I was like, cool, great. It's going to be made like a $200 call. I was like, great, great. Let's get the AC going. So he got the power back on. The AC unit was working, but it wasn't getting cold. I was like, oh, Lord, I need some more Freon. Freon is what goes inside the AC unit to keep the AC unit, you know, going and cooling. So he goes up there to see what kind of um, Freon that I need. And it comes back in and says, we have a big problem. And I said, what? What? He says, bro, you have an R22 unit. This unit is no longer being made. Um, and if if I get you free on, you're going to spend about $500 per something. I forgot what he said. It, per pound. And then, you know, and, and I think I need like eight pounds. I was like, oh. That's like $3,000, $2,500, $3,000 just to get free on. And he was like, man, I can get you a new system for $5,200 today. Um, and you will, I can get you a new system, but because you have, you know, multiple layers here in your basement, this, that unit controls your basement layer and your main layer. You need a, you need a bigger furnace so you can push out more air. I was like, well, how much is that going to cost? He was like $8,200. And I looked at him. I said, and you're telling me there's nothing else we can do. I said, you can't even, you can't even get more, better air out of me. So there's nothing else that I could do, Anthony. I've been here for an hour. I found the problem. My AC unit wasn't wor working. I was more than willing to put Freon in it. If it had a leak, I would have went in there and fixed the link for 500 bucks. He was like, but bro, you have a unit. So I did my research. He was right. They, they do not make the R22 unit anymore. They stopped making that back in like 2018. I was like, oh my goodness. So watch this, y'all. Home ownership. I said, do it. I said, when can, you, when can you do it? This was on Monday. Said I could be here tomorrow morning, Tuesday, and get you back up and running. I said, run the play. Run the play. You know why? Because I was prepared financially to take care of the responsibilities of the home. And I got to ask you this question. While, yes, today's show is about owning homes, owning things, are you prepared to have home ownership? And for those of you all who are homeowners, I want to... Type in the chat, what has happened to your house that you've had to come out of money for, that you didn't have to come out of money for if you would have rented, all right? So while I'm just being real that home ownership is going to bring some issues, 
things are going to happen that now you have to pay for out of pocket, you got to seriously ask yourself, are you ready to own a home? Are you financially prepared? One of the main reasons why I suggest um, becoming debt-free and having a fully funded emergency fund is because when, when life happens, it no longer, no longer turns into an emergency. It just becomes an inconvenience. It's like, dang, did I really want to spend eight grand yesterday to do that? No, I didn't. But you know what? Check this out. I didn't even have to go into my emergency fund. I just moved some things around in my budget. I just moved some things around. I was like, all right, cool. Let me, let me look at this. Let me look at that. All right, let me move that around. Boom, 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 boom. I ain't even got to touch my emergency fund. You know why? Because I teach you all. I practice what I teach. Don't live to your full, to your full potential. You know what I'm saying? Every single month. Live below your means. So I have some cushion within my budgets where I can maneuver some things around. Easy. Game changer. You just feel freer when you're in a home because it's like, yo, I, I can do this. When something happens, yo, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Now, let me be real with you. Owning a home allows you to build some real good equity, <laughs> you know, which the difference is, you know, and, and equity for you, those of you all who are learning. Well, what does it mean by equity? So if you paid $100,000 in your home and equity goes up by 35 to 3.8% every year, you actually get to, that's your money in a home because you own it. So you get the difference between what the home is worth and, and what you do not have a loan on and then boom, you, you gain that difference, okay? So when you move out of your rental, you might get your deposit back. But if you sell your house with considerable equity in it, you technically made money on the sale. So when you rent, you give a security deposit. And if you leave that apartment complex good, in which most people who leave, I don't know a lot of people who get that security deposit back. I'm just going to be real. I haven't gotten my security deposit back one time. One time. And honestly, it's because I didn't even really want the security deposit back. I wasn't about to sit here and paint and do all that kind of stuff and do this and do this to the whole apartment complex just so I can get back $1,000. It's going to cost me $1,000 to do all that work. <laughs> so you may as well just keep it. That's my analogy on it, right? So listen, we're talking about home ownership and wealth building tools. Like, why is it important to own a home? Because when you own a home, the value of your home will appreciate and that adds to your net worth, right? And then owning a home allows you to build equity versus paying rent. So you're making money every time every day that you're in your home, every month that you're in your home, over a longer period of time. And I really want to thank uh, my friends over at Churchill Mortgage for partnering with me uh, because Churchill um, and I have actually put together a very good document that's going to help you really become a homeowner. Some of y'all watching this right now saying, Anthony, um, how do I become a homeowner? Um, do I need to have a credit score? No, uh, I have bad credit. What should I be doing? I got you. And I really want to thank our partners over at Churchill for partnering with me to bring this amazing home ownership content to you. Uh, you see, because I've received a lot of your questions. I've received a lot of your emails saying, Anthony, how do I set myself up to become a homeowner? Hey, Anthony, I have a mortgage. How do I properly refi? Hey, Anthony, I've been following your principles, Dave Ramsey principles, and I don't have a credit score. Can I still get a home? And man, I say, you know what? Let me get with my team and Churchill Mortgage team, and let's put together a free resource that will teach people how to prepare themselves, one, to get a home, or two, to refi a home. So myself, my team spent about a month and a half putting together a free, 100% free resources resource for you uh, called How to Get Into Home Ownership. It is a Churchill partnership item. It's 30 to 40 pages long, 100% free. And in this document, in this free resource, you're going to see what you need to do, what you need to come to the table with. You'll be able to see how much you can afford. We're going to walk you through everything you need to know about home ownership and the difference. And it's a 100% document that's going to teach you how to get a rental property um, if you want to own one, how to get your first home mortgage, mortgage, uh, what Churchill can do for you. What can they add on to, um, you know, you as far as if you choose to finance with them. Churchill Mortgage has financed all of my homes, all of my homes. This is one more time. All of my homes. I love them. I know the president very well over there. And I'm telling you, 
they will help you. And so you can click the link in today's show notes to get the free resource. Um, you can go to anthonyoneal.com uh, and you'll see the free resource there on the page. I'm going to just click the link. I'm telling you right now, you will absolutely love it. You will be blessed by this free resource. So check it out. Okay, please check it out. Now, home ownership makes you eligible for mortgage interest deductions and other tax deductions. Another reason why you need to be a home owner. You see, the IRS offers tax breaks to make home ownership more affordable by reducing your tax bill. This is important. Okay. Mortgage interest deductions allows homeowners to deduct the interest they pay on mortgage debt. So this means when you file your taxes at the end of the year, okay, when you file your taxes at the end of the year, uh, your CPA or whoever's doing your taxes for you uh, legally and ethically, they will ask you to provide the statement that your mortgage company will send to them. On that statement, it will show how much interest you paid. You will be able to write off that. Okay. It's beautiful. I remember when I was like 19, uh, the person who was doing my taxes, I used to go to like, you know, the the... The big boy companies like H and R Block and some other places. And yo, you have any kids? Nah. You got any mortgages? Nah. Man, we need to get you some kids and a mortgage. I'm like, why? That's stupid. I need to go get a kid and and go get into debt that I really can't afford right now, just so I can write off some money. Nah, makes no sense. Because I'm gonna pay more in my payment than I am gonna get back on interest. No, makes no sense. I was not prepared for a kid and a home, especially at that time, okay? So listen, when you're ready to move out of your home, you can rent it instead of for selling it. Um, that is something that I am really considering doing here. A part of me is considering going to Charlotte, North Carolina to be close to my family, Columbia, South Carolina. And I said, and whenever I do do that, I'm actually gonna rent this rather than sell it, uh, which can create cash flow for you and your family. What do you mean, Anthony, create cash flow? It won't really create a lot of cash flow. No, it, it really won't. It, it really will not. Okay. But here's the thing. It won't create a monthly cash flow, but it will create long-term cash flow because I may get maybe 500 bucks or a thousand dollars a month for the home. But really, honestly, I'm going to take that money and put it right back into the emergency account for the home because something is bound to happen with the home. Something is bound to break. So I want to make sure that that home has its own savings account, its own emergency account to fund that in case something was to happen. But for me, I want the long-term equity. So I'm going to let someone else pay off the home. I'm going to let someone else build up the equity in the home. And my family, my kids will reap the rewards of owning the home while letting somebody else actually pay for it. So for single people, you can rent out the extra rooms in your home and have someone else pay your mortgage. And that's something that a lot of millennials are doing, especially in the New York area. They're buying these homes and they're renting out the rooms that they do not have. They'll buy a three bedroom home that they can afford. Watch this. If you're going to purchase anything, do not purchase a home based upon, oh, so good, based upon what the other two rooms can rent for it. No, if you can afford $2,000 a month, you're gonna get you a $2,000 a month mortgage. Then if you can rent out the room for maybe $500 a month, $750 a month, that will pay you uh, half to a little bit more than half of what your actual mortgage is. Uh, one of my good friends bought a, uh, a home. Uh, it's a four bedroom town home. Um, his, his room is on the very uh, first floor. The other three were on the second floor. He rents, he rents out all three of the other rooms uh, to college kids. Uh, and they're like very wealthy college kids. I think his rent was $2,500. Y'all, he charges each one of them $750. Then they got to chip in. I think it's like $50 a month for internet, $25 a month for electricity, something else for the water. So pretty much he has a free mortgage based upon what he's getting from them. They're paying his mortgage. His mortgage payment is not coming out of his rent. I mean, out of his, out of his paycheck. I have another family. They are Filipino. Uh, they bought a five-bedroom home, big, beautiful five-bedroom home, and they literally all came together, and they're all taking care of the mortgage together. They split the mortgage payment into five different families. Now, I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I want families in my house and I got my own family. But if you're young and if you're single, 
and you are in a position to where you can afford the mortgage, but you don't need the other two, three rooms, you may not have to rent them out fully. Maybe you can put them on Airbnb. Maybe you can rent that room out um, and make sure if you're going to rent it out, make sure that that room has its own bathroom in it. Make sure that you can put at least like a nice little maybe microwave or a mini refrigerator in there with a real nice TV, right? And you can rent that room out for them and you probably get three, two, three hundred dollars a night for the room. Do that a few times without the money can help you out if you got two, three other rooms. It's about really getting creative, okay? So now let's, let, let's, let's really walk into... Okay, Anthony, how do I buy a home right now during a recession? I went through tips of here's why it's a good idea to be a home owner. But what are some tips to buy a home? Number one, make sure you can afford it. You have to make sure that you can afford the home. Consider these things. Down payment, which here's the sweet spot for me in this order. Number one, paying cash. That's the goal. If you got enough cash in your account to pay uh, to pay your, your home in full, great. Then number two is 20%, 20%, put down 20%. Here's why. Here's the, here's the, the gold magic on 20%. Because any, if you have 20% equity in your home, you get to avoid PMI, which is private mortgage insurance, okay? Private mortgage insurance. Private mor mortgage insurance is exactly what it is. It is the bank's only mortgage insurance on your home. So if something happened to the home, the bank is guaranteed to get paid. If the house burns down, they're guaranteed to get paid. So your private mortgage insurance um, is not going towards your principal payment and it's not going towards your interest payment. It's going straight to the bank. Then from there, your monthly mortgage payment. So I recommend you put down 20% if you can. If you can't put down 20%, then of course, you know, if you're doing an FHA loan, you're gonna put down about 3.5%. A conventional loan is gonna be about 5%. Boom, you just go and you just do whatever you can do. The more you can put down, the better your, your payment will be. And I think just to me, the more you can put down, it's not really about the payment, it's also about you know, less debt that you have. Because eventually I want you to pay off your mortgage. Eventually I want you to be 100% debt free. But that moves me into your down, your, your, once you go from your down payment, your monthly mortgage payment, right? Your monthly mortgage payment should be less than 25 to 30% of your take home pay. So if you make $1,000, uh, for an example, your mortgage payment should be no more than 250 to $300. That's just an example for math. Not saying, not saying that people are making $1,000 a month and they can't afford a mortgage. No, I'm giving you an example analogy. $250 to $300 max, 25% to 30% of your take-home pay. I know y'all saying, Anthony, man, that's tight, man. I only make like $3,000. Nah, man, I need to... No, the banks will approve you, approve you up to 40 to 50% of your income. You don't want 50% of your check a month going towards that. Because that means that if you get paid twice a month, that means that your one of your checks, all of it is going towards your mortgage. No, you want freedom. You want peace. So the ultimate goal on down payment is 100% if you can't afford it. 20% is the sweet spot. Um, no less than, of course, 35 to 5%, depending on what kind of loan you're getting. That would dictate your monthly mortgage payment. That should have you around 25 to 30%. Um, you know, of your income. Um, I really wouldn't stress it no more than 30%. I know some people have stressed it to 35 and they're very, and they're comfortable with it. But man, my mortgage payment is 18%. 18% because I love peace. I love freedom. I love it. Then from there, closing costs, you guys. Closing costs. Closing costs is going to be, you're going to have 5% down plus all your closing costs, fees with your banks and stuff like that. And here's what I love. Um, now, uh, what I do love with Churchill Mortgage, right? You can go to anthonyneal.com forward slash Churchill. Uh, so that way you can get them to approve you because Churchill is going to assist you with closing costs, especially if you're a first time home buyer. Um, they're going to give you 5% to help you put down on your earnest money to make you a guaranteed buyer and give you a guaranteed, watch this, a guaranteed certified uh, pre-approval to let the seller know that you're a serious buyer. 
But what I love about Churchill is their closing cost is amazing. They're not expensive. They're the best in the market, and they're going to even assist you with it. So if you really want to get into the perfect mortgage and really be coached throughout the whole pro program, make sure you download the free PDF, but then make sure you also go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash Churchill and apply with them because they have the best assistant programs out there. Here's the last thing when it comes to making sure you can afford it. You got the down payment, your monthly mortgage payment, your closing costs, and make sure you can afford the repairs of the home. If you're buying a used car, I mean, a used home, make sure you look at the, make sure that you look at um, uh, what the, the inspector said is wrong with the home and make sure you can afford it. But it, how do you know you can afford it before you even get an inspector is, do you have a savings account? Do you have a savings account with at least three to six months of expenses in there? And for me, when it came to home ownership, I actually upped my savings. I said, all right, cool. I want at least six months in there. In there. So I put six months to start off. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to put some cushion in there. Um, and I'm just going to put, I'm going to add like a uh, home ownership, um, home ownership repairs in there. So I added like another $10,000 in there. Um, and then when I purchased my, my Bentley, my car, I said, okay, cool. You are driving a higher car. Let's go ahead and put another $5,000 in there just to be safe. So I started off with like six months, but I do have a year. I have a year's salary now in my savings. And so I really don't really save per se for different things. I, for me, I felt comfortable with having a year's worth of average salary just sitting in my personal savings because I was starting a business. So I wanted to make sure personally I can breathe. But for you, here's what I recommend. Maybe start off with three months of your expenses. Um, if you are a homeowner, I will look at what are some average things, your AC unit or something may go on in there. I will go ahead and add about another $2,000, $3,000 on top of your three months of expenses and then add some car savings on top of that as well. And if I was you, I would park it all at prize pool. I'm a huge believer with my friends at prize pool because they are offering you a debit card with their savings account now. And this is what I call a high yielded savings account. If you open up an account, you need to put some money into the account. You need to fund the account because how do you get a higher APR is by putting money into your account. Prize pool is going to guarantee you anywhere between 0.30% up to 3% on the average APR throughout the year. Well, Anthony, how do you give me 3%? Yo, it's crazy. It's because they're going to be giving away cash prizes every single week, monthly grand prizes, anywhere between ten dollars to $25,000 for you just parking your money in the account. So for show, I put my money in there so that way I can get a high APR of return. If we're in a reflection, if we are in a recession, um, and we are in a high inflation, then I need my money to be gaining some more money as well. Has to. It just has to. So prize pool is where I park my money. I absolutely love them. And I will highly encourage you to go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash savings because they will bless you. They will make sure that you are prepared uh, when it comes to your emergency fund and your savings. Now, all right, so we talked about tips to buy a home, make sure you can afford it and consider those things. Here's number two when how to buy a home. You got to choose a good area. You really do have to choose a good area or, and when I say good area, I'm not just really talking about, oh, this is so good. I'm not just really talking about a, 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 a pretty area. No, one, you gotta look at, okay, do I like this area? Do I feel comfortable in this area? Is this area growing? So prime example, uh, my last town home was in the hood. It was in the hood. I'm single. I have a protection dog. I legally carry and have several guns around my house. I felt comfortable going into an area that, that they were rebuilding. It was the hood. I'm talking about hood to where my first day, my neighbor across the street, she was smoking on some stuff. And she came and asked me to carry her to the store to go buy some beer and some more drugs. That's where I was at. And I was a little nervous, but then when I talked to like the, the, my realtor, when I talked to different people, it's like, yo, you want to get into a gentrified area, Anthony, and you want to get you want to get in when it's at this level, because three years from now, it's going to change. It's not going to look like this. And that's the truth, man. When I moved in, 
four houses on my street were sold. By the time I moved, they were all brand new townhomes, better looking than mine. And I was upset, but I felt good because they were selling for more than mine, but we had the same square footage. So, so when I say choose a good area, if you are married with kids, that area would not have been good for you. If you're single and you feel safe and secure, man, a gentrified area uh, is, is a, probably a good area for you. That's why I was able to make $100,000 in a matter of 10 months. That's $10,000 a month I was making. And the only reason why I sold that townhome was because it... <laughs> I thought I could actually Airbnb it. I Airbnb'd it out like during Christmas one year um, to a friend and man, made a little bit of money. Then I got a notification from the city saying, hey, yo, you're not zoned because it, it was an attachment unit. You're not zoned for doing this and they fined me. So the only reason why I really bought that house in the first place was like, yo, this would be a dope Airbnb. It had a rooftop, four levels, five bedrooms. Yeah, bro, let me get this. And the only reason why I sold it is because I could not Airbnb it. Can y'all believe? Can you believe the day that I sold it, they rezoned that neighborhood and I could have Airbnb'd the town. I was so upset. So when you're doing your research for the area, it depends on who you are and where you are. If you're married with kids, okay, you need to go somewhere with a good school district. Um, if you are single and you're, you're comfortable with maybe living in the hood a little bit, man, get into a gentrified area. If you're single, if you're dating with the intentions of marriage and you got a great woman, make sure that she's comfortable with it, but choose a good area. Here's the next one. Work with professionals. I already told you about the mortgage broker and lender. My preferred mortgage broker is Churchill. There's the one who have, they have partnered with me on today's show. Um, I've already given you the website. They also have partnered with me to create that free resource. So we're going to give you 30 pages where we're teaching you what you need to do. That is, is it's a lot more in depth than today's show. And it's free. There's no pitching at the end of it. We ain't pitching you no course, no none of that. We're just giving you free content. And the best mortgage company out there when it comes to getting into a home is Churchill. So I prefer Churchill. When it comes to real estate agents and to find a house, man, you, you got to find you a real good one. Find you someone that is reputable in your area, uh, that has the experience in negotiating contracts, um, and that you feel comfortable with because they're going to teach you and guide you. If you get with the real estate agent and this agent is like, yo, hurry up and buy, buy, buy. This is great, great, great. No, 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 no. Man, I had a, I had a great real estate agent in Nashville, Tennessee, man. One of my good friends, Brian Conyer, and uh, we worked out together. And several things that I looked at, he was like, nah, this ain't for you, bro. Nah. Like, like, yeah, I can make more money on this one, but it's not, it's not AO. This is not what you need. My mortgage, um, I got two mortgage guys here, my uh, Keith James and um, Anthony Mason, these guys here in the DMV area, uh, topping top in their class, right? And they just took their time to help me find some things. And so you got to get what you get your mortgage uh, real estate agent that's just solid. And then also you need to get you a good general contractor for repairs, okay? You want to work with and you want to find you someone that you trust. I got a great guy here. His name is Gary. He built my studio out. He built my basement out for my guests. A solid guy, man of integrity. So you want to find some good stuff. Now let's go back down to researching. You need to do the research. And I, and I know that this is hard, right? When I say do the research, this is what I mean. And some of you are not going to do this. But what are the types of mortgages that you qualify for. You got the VA loan, you got the VHA, the VH, um, FHA loans, you have the conventional loans, uh, you have your, um, you got your subprime loans that are like not really the best options out there. Um, you have your mega loans where you can get anything above, you know, a million dollars or anything like above 800,000 to a million dollars. That goes into a different category. There's so many different programs out there. You even have loans for entrepreneurs uh, to where these are bank statement only loans where the interest rate is going to be almost a percent to 2% higher than a conventional loan. There are so many different options out there. And depending on where you are, you have to do the research. All of this is inside of my free resource where I'm giving you all the different kind of loans that you may qualify for, right? And you got to decide what is the best area 
what is the best loan for me, right? Then you need to research the area that your home is in. What area do you want to live in? Is this a good area? Is this a crime area? Um, a part of me was about to move to a particular city here, um, and this particular city was the number one city when it came to crime in the United States of America. I said, I'm not moving there. Uh-uh. I'm licensed to carry, but I don't want to have to use it. <laughs> and so I say, I, when I was doing my research, I said, no, 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 no. Then you got to look at the taxes, Okay. What zip codes, what counties um, are more expensive when it comes to taxes? And you need to find out, are you comfortable with it? Does your housing development that you're moving into or, or your community that you're moving into, do they have a HOA? Listen, you have to do a lot of research and we walk you through, here's all the research you need to be doing inside this free resource. It's free. Did I say it is free? It's free. So go check it out. The link, in, again, is in today's show notes. So listen, I say all this to say that you have to be patient. You have to be patient. If the average home is 428700 bucks, we have to be patient because this will probably be the biggest item you've ever purchased in your life. And I want you to make the right decision when you purchase it. Because not only will this be the biggest item you've ever purchased, but this would be probably one of the most important items that contributes to your net worth. And you want to make sure that you're making the right decision. Don't rush into it. But neither, don't take your time. Be intentional. Do the proper research. And go. Clearly, we're seeing people who are homeowners. The studies are showing us that their net worth, their median net worth is higher. And I say this, and, and, and I keep apologizing, or I, I keep saying this because I really want to be like true to who I am at my heart while not disrespecting or offending anyone. But black people, we need to be owners. We need to own something. We can't just own nice items. And I get it. Some of us, some of us, some of us have been through life. Some of us have experienced things. We went through a nasty divorce. We lost a job all of a sudden. Anthony, I'm still bouncing back and I can't, I get it. Here's what I'm saying. We got to be intentional about positioning ourselves to become owners of something, owners of a business, owners of home. And how do we set our kids up to own when they move out. One of my goals is that I can be able to, and not one of my goals, I, I keep saying, I got, I'm, I'm gonna stop saying one of my goals. Um, here's my thing. Uh, I am going to position myself, my wife and I are gonna position ourselves to where uh, when, we, when our kids are born, I'm gonna open up a 529 plan for them from, if they choose to go off to college or choose to go to tech school, trade school, um, any boot camps, whatever it is. Whatever their educational side is, my wife and I are gonna have a savings account for that too. Then my goal is that whenever, not my goal, then when my kids get married, my wife and I are gonna be able to be in a position to where we can financially purchase their first home. Now their first home ain't gonna be no million dollar home, no, no five bedroom, 10,000 square feet, nah. I'm talking about a good starter home. My wife and I will be in a position financially because we've been good financial stewards of our financial resources, of our gifts and talents, that when, they, when our kids were first born, or let's say if, if I meet a beautiful woman who has kids, I'm going to love those kids that those are my kids, and I'm going to start saving money for her kids, our kids now, because it's going to be her, her child, his child, and I'm my child as well. And I'm going to be in a position, we're going to be in a position to where we can give our kids homes. Homes. No, it's not going to be a big boy home. It's going to be a start home. 1,500, 2,000, 2,200 square feet home. But it's debt free. We pay cash for it. Now, what happened? We just put our kids in a position to have a positive net worth. 
because they say by the year 2054, the average black person will have a negative net worth. I refuse for that to be my kid. And the reason why we'll have a negative net worth is because we do not own homes and we have a bunch of student loan debt and a bunch of consumer debt. So what did I just say? 529 from the from the very beginning when my kids are born. When my wife is going home with her mama, with her family uh, from the hospital, from having our kids, I'm going to the bank. I'm going to my financial advisor. I need to open up 529. I got 18 years to do this right. We're going to max it out. We're going to just, just put money into that thing. Just put money into it. Then from there, I'm going to my bank. Yo, I want to open up a high yield savings account. I want to put money into here to where I can save money for my child because I want to be able to purchase their first home whenever they get married because I value partnerships. I value marriage. And I'm going to tell them like, hey, when you get married to the right man or to the right woman, your mom and I are going to help y'all purchase your first home. And it's going to have a certain budget. I don't know what that budget is going to be at around that time. But let's say they come back to us and say, Dad, Mom, this is a home that we want to buy. It's probably a little bit more than what you have in your account. But thank you. Now, that my kids will be wise. Son, daughter, if you're watching this 20 years later, it'll be wise for you to start saving for your home, too. Because you possibly could move into a, a real nice big boy home if you're saving as well. But more than likely, you just graduated from college and you don't have a lot of money. And that's fine because we're going to get you your first home. And the, at the end of the day, your net worth is now positive six figures. Your net worth in your 20s is now in the positive when they should be around 20, the 2050s, negative. And I refuse for that to be my family. I refuse for it to be my family. So listen, I love you all. Um, I wanna leave you with this affirmation today. Today's scripture is gonna come from Proverbs chapter 24, verse three. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. I want you to repeat this after me. I will build wealth through home ownership. I want you to speak that loud. I will build wealth by home ownership and I will put myself in a position to where I can help my kids build wealth through home ownership. I will be wealthy. I will be debt free. I will pay off my mortgage. I will have financial freedom and financial peace because I strive to be wealthy. Yo, it's your boy Anthony O'Neill. I love you. I appreciate you. And together, we're going to do this. Make sure you go and you download uh, the free resource. You can click the link in today's show notes. Read it. It's 30 pages worth of solid information to help you get into your next home. Peace out.